suffered from tripping into the rabbit hole, and now you're ready to dive in. Welcome back to part two of A Whole New World, Order. If you missed the first part, go back and listen to Dr. Dunnigan talk about a speech from 1969, where a Dr. Day came out speaking about a whole new world system that was set into motion, and according to him, is not able to be stopped. Reminder, this is out of order, and I'm just basically piecing together some of the items I thought was important, things that I thought were items that we could see changing in society from 1969 until today. Now, I have sent the link out on social media, and I will send it out again after this show airs, and you can take the time to listen to the first two hours are basically him recalling the speech from 1969. And then there's two interviews with him, which are also very interesting. But I have all new revelations. And let's see, where should we begin? How about we start with Hollywood? Because over the last few years, Hollywood has gone woke. And uh, they've kind of destroyed the cinematic experience with their message that you should just accept some things. But is it by design? Uh, entertainment, movies would gradually be made more explicit as regards sex and language. After all, sex and rough language are real, and uh, why pretend that they are not? There would be pornographic movies uh, in the theaters, on television, and uh, VCRs were not around at that time, but it indicated that uh, uh, these, these cassettes would be available and video cassette players would be available for use in the home. And pornographic movies would be available on these VCRs as, as well as in the neighborhood theater on your television. Said something like people, uh, you'll see people in the movies doing everything you can think of. When I was younger, I would remember movies where, you know, there would be a man and a woman and they would kiss and then the cameras would pan out and then end scene. And you would have to use your imagination to see what happened next. You do not need to use your imagination anymore. Sex is detailed. It's scripted, but real and raw. I remember the first movie I think that I saw that had like a sex scene in it that I thought was super hot was uh, Top Gun. I think that was the first one. Take my breath away. I mean... Yes, it was shadowy and stuff, and it wasn't as detailed as some of the stuff today, but I remember thinking that that was super sexy. I mean, I mean, sex in movies on the screen is not something new. I did some research and found that there was the first porn movie ever made was in 1896. So porn was not something new in 1969. However, it was not widely available. The first sex scene that included an orgasm was in 1933. It was a movie called Ecstasy, starring Hedy Lamarr. But when did porn become available to the masses? You know, we had Betamax and VHS. Well, it's weird because I couldn't find a very specific date of the very first porn movie ever available on either VHS or Betamax. For those of us in the 80s, we remember Betamax. But... I did find out that VHS was first available in 1977 and Betamax was available in 1981. So I'm assuming it wouldn't be much long after that because 
we know sex sells. And if you can get it some way to get it into a home setting, they're going to figure it out. But let's stick with the movies because there is another genre of movies. And that is, you know, violence, action movies, stuff like that. Violence would be made more graphic. This was uh, intended to desensitize people to violence. There might need to be a time when people would witness real violence and be a part of it. Uh, later on, it would become clear where this is headed. So there would be more realistic violence in entertainment. Uh, would make it easier for people to adjust. People's attitudes towards death would change, and uh, they would not be so fearful of it, but more accepting of it and not be so aghast at the sight of dead people or injured people. We don't need to have a genteel population paralyzed by what they might see. People would just learn to say, well, I don't want that to happen to me. This was the uh, first statement uh, suggesting that the plan includes uh, numerous human casualties, uh, which the survivors would see. The first movie that actually had uh, violence depicted in it was a movie called The Wild Bunch and that was released in 1969 and we know that movies have come a long way since then and some of them are super violent the first movie that I totally could not watch was the Saw series I, I made it for through the first one I thought it was well written a little bit gross but not ridiculously gross and then the second one no way. When she fell into that pit of those needles and ugh, I can, I'm cringing right now just thinking about it. And by the time the third one came around, I literally could not watch it. I remember pretty much having the blanket over my head, fingers in my ears, so I didn't have to hear bones snapping and all that other bullshit. Sorry. That movie became so over the top. I couldn't watch any more of them. It was just absolutely horrifying. And it's just way too, to me, it's just too over the top. It's just, no stop. I mean, give me a good rom-com any day. I mean, I also even like a good horror movie. I just don't like the gore. I, I, I can stay away from the gore. But you heard him. This is by design. This is to desensitize you. Think about the years from the past when someone would get attacked, people would step up and help them. Now a woman can get raped on the subway in New York and no one cares. They watch it or they record it on their phones. I was just actually thinking about something else he said too. When he said that people were going to say that they don't want that to happen to them. Do you think that's the reason people aren't stepping up to help other people when they see them in dire need of help? They're afraid that they're going to get hurt too. So they just don't do anything. I don't know. But if we're going to go by movies, well, any glimpse of the movie Purge sticking in your head that they're just going to let people kill other people to get rid of the ones who don't comply or the ones that they feel are not good for society. It's beginning to look a lot like movies are representing life. And it's not just movies that have gotten more crude. It's music. And Dr. Dunnigan has something to say about that. As regards music, he made a rather straightforward statement like, music will get worse. In 1969, the rock music was uh, getting more and more unpleasant. It was interesting that just his word, the way he expressed it, it would get worse. 
acknowledging that it was already bad. Lyrics would become uh, more openly sexual. No new sugary romantic music would be publicized like uh, that which had been written uh, before that time. Think about this. We went from in the still of the night when I held you, I held you tight to wet ass. (coughs) Yes, WAP. That song starts out. There's some whores in this house. Put this (coughs) in your face. Spit in my mouth. Look at my eyes. The (coughs) is wet. Come take a dive. Yeah, the lyrics are really obscene. And honestly, specifically for adults, once you're an adult, you can make your own decisions. And if this is the music you want to listen to, fine. But I see people recording little kids, like this one kid was eight years old, jumping around, gyrating, doing like weird humping things on the floor to this song. I don't think it's appropriate for some little girl to jump around singing wet ass. It's just, I mean, I'm not a prude. I don't think I'm a prude, but I just think that there are some things that's inappropriate. We really have to pay attention to what our kids are listening to. I mean, I get it. The 80s had metaphors for things that, I mean, I had no idea what they referenced. I did not know that I just died in your arms by the cutting crew was about orgasming. I Want Candy by Bow Wow Wow was about wanting sex and drugs. She Bop by Cindy Lauper was about masturbation. I had no idea because it wasn't graphic. They were being, uh, for lack of better words, discreet with their lyrics. They weren't just out saying things like, put her lips on my wieners and she swirl on it. She be ready to spit. She eaten my wieners with passion, like in the song Throat Baby by BRS Cash. BRS Cash. Seriously, these names, I just don't, I'm... I don't get it, but let's move on. Now, we all love the great old American pastime. We love baseball, football, hockey, basketball. And, well, these are not untouched by this whole new world of barbarians. They seem to have to control everything. Now, the good doctor does specify baseball, but I believe this might apply to most major sports like basketball and football for the same reasons. But baseball is specified because it's deemed America's pastime. So let's see what the good doctor has to say. Actually, uh, the way to break down the uh, baseball would be to uh, make the salaries go very high. The idea behind this was that uh, as the salaries got ridiculously high, there would be a certain amount of... uh, discontent and antagonism as people resented athletes being paid so much and the athletes uh, would begin more and more to resent among themselves uh, what other players were paid would tend to abandon the sport abandon the sport well let's look at something So I decided to look up the year 1969 and Willie Mays was the top player and he made $135,000 in 1969. That was some good money back then. In 2019, Steven Strasburg made 38 million. I mean, I know the cost of living has gone up, but yikes a wowza. In other words, 
1969 would be the equivalent to the purchasing power of $697.94, which is about 597% inflation. If we look at $135,000 salary times 597, uh, 597%, you're going to get $805,950. That is way shy of the $38 million that players are getting today. So why do they get so much more money? Is it because they're just really good at their job? Is it because they are so superior to this game? Or is it designed this way? Inquiring minds may never fully know. But we know that when it comes to sports, we have three major sports. Baseball, football, and basketball. But what about soccer? Well, let's hear Dr. Dunnigan. We can talk about sports. Sports in the United States was to be changed in part as a way of de-emphasizing nationalism. Soccer, a worldwide sport, uh, was to be emphasized and pushed in the United States. And uh, this was of interest because in this area, the game of soccer was virtually unknown at that time. I had a few friends who attended an elementary school other than the one I attended where they played soccer at their school, and they were a, a real novelty. This was back in the 50s. So to hear this man speak of soccer in, the, in this area was kind of surprising. But anyhow, soccer is seen as a, an international sport and would be promoted, and uh, the traditional sport of American baseball uh, would be de-emphasized and possibly eliminated. Uh, eliminated because it... Uh, might be seen as too American. Too American. Just remember that. Well, I decided to look up and see when did soccer become more of a game that was played in America? Because I don't remember soccer growing up. But it did say that the popularity of the sport in the US has been growing since the late 60s, like 1969. And it did receive a significant boost when the United States hosted the 1994 World Cup and the 1999 Women's World Cup. And there's a promise that the 2026 World Cup that is set to be held in North America will be a catalyst for a new phase of growth in U.S. soccer, particularly as millennials become parents of kids who may learn to love to play the game. But why soccer? Why specifically soccer? There are so many games that are played around the world. Why specifically soccer? Couldn't figure it out. But they just really want to get rid of the favorite American pastime, which is baseball. Because most of us at some point have been to a baseball game or we've played baseball or we had a brother that played baseball and we would go and we'd sit there on a warm summer day eating a hot dog, drinking a cold soda, and those memories flood in but they call it too American. Really? Too American. Why do they hate us so much? Well, in my honest opinion, it's because America stands for freedom and they don't want people to have that personal freedom. But we all love game day. No matter which sport you're watching, you usually have a big screen TV, a big smart TV. And... We watch this TV, we watch the sports on TV, we watch news, we watch our favorite shows, but maybe TVs are now 
too smart. There was more discussion of uh, personal surveillance. Uh, one thing was said, uh, you'll be watching television and somebody will be watching you at the same time at a central monitoring station. Uh, television sets would have a device to enable this. The TV set would not have to be on in order for this to be operative. Also, the television set can be used to monitor what you are watching. People uh, can tell what you're watching on the TV and how you're reacting to what you're watching. How you're reacting to what you're watching. I've always wondered for years because they always do those, uh, what were they? They weren't Spielberg. They were some type of where you got to be like the family who got to report what TV shows you liked and all this stuff. Hmm. But your TV can watch you. And the weird thing is, is that I decided to just, for shits and giggles, went into a search engine. You can use any search engine. This worked for me on Microsoft Edge. It worked for me on DuckDuckGo. It worked for me on Google Chrome. Type in, can someone watch me via my TV? And there's a lot of answers out there, but they all are yes. If you have a smart TV or a streaming device, there's a good chance your TV is watching you while you watch it. Consumer Reports looked at privacy and security across several major brands. Yeah. Yeah, they're watching you. It's so interesting. And some of this just blows my mind. But if this is something that I heard in 1969, some doctor standing at a medical conference telling me this... Or even in 1989, when Dr. Dunnigan was recording this, I would have called Bellevue and I would be like, commit this guy, he's insane. But now I tend to believe him. And I just want to say, hello, 1984 is calling. It was supposed to be a novel, not a script. And then there's some of us who have pastimes that don't require us to leave the house. And let's hear what Dr. Dunnigan has to say about that. The thing the television would be used for would be purchases you wouldn't have to leave your home to purchase. You just turn on your TV and there would be a way of interacting with the television channel to the store that you wanted to purchase. And you could flip the switch from place to place to choose a refrigerator or clothing. This would be both convenient, but it also would make you dependent on the television so that the built-in monitor is something you could not uh, do without. Well, what if... Was it not a TV, but a computer monitor? They look the same. And, well, if you're like me, you order a lot of stuff via the internet. We all do it. You know, <laughs> my husband told me when I was gone on vacation for a short weekend in Georgia, uh, the Amazon driver stopped by to see if I was okay because he didn't have anything to deliver for like five days. Yeah, he's kind of a riot. But I do enjoy the convenience of Amazon. It's easy to sit here in my pajamas, drinking my coffee, browse at my leisure, and have it to my house in a day or two. And I also do my grocery shopping online. I go on, place my order, someone else shops for it. Then during my allotted time frame, I drive out to the store. I pull into a parking space. They bring it out, load it in my car, and I drive away. It's easy peasy. And it's too easy. Now I have tried to buy more local items and use small mom and pop places because 
I want to support small business. But damn it, Amazon, you make it way too easy. And I just want to say that if you're going to do some online shopping, I think you need to go to MyPillow.com and get some luxurious items today. I cannot tell you how much I love my my towels, my my pillows, my slippers, my mattress topper, all from my pillow. The only time I woke up with back pain since January was when I was on vacation and I didn't have my my pillow mattress topper. It is truly amazing and very comfortable and you will sleep through the night. So go to mypillow.com, go under radio specials and use promo code mojo50. It's the easiest online shopping you will do, and it will make a huge difference in your life. You know, we're all looking to better ourselves personally, and why not really better yourself and get yourself some items that will comfort you, make your life softer and ah, luxurious. MyPillow.com, promo code MOJO50. Now we all love shopping but I know that we're all experiencing issues with shopping right now because prices are outrageous. And this is another thing that might be by design. There was discussion of money and banking. Uh, One statement was inflation is uh, infinite. You can put an infinite number of zeros after any number and put the decimal points wherever you want. Just an indication that inflation is a tool of controllers a tool of controllers remember that we are all experiencing inflation right now you can just look at the gas prices according to ycharts.com the cost of gas averaged three dollars and 81 cents in july of 2021 today it is five dollars and 10 cents a gallon that is approximately a 35 percent increase Now, this is going to impact everything. Transportation to get products from point A to B will increase the final product. Farmers need more gas to run their tractors. Truckers are going to need more diesel. And I should have said diesel for the tractors too. I know I'm going to hear that. Don't at me. I already caught my mistake. I actually was just out at a farm tonight to pick stuff. And I'm going to get into part of that later when we get into the food supply and gardening and all that. But I was talking to the farmer and he told me that a year ago when he bought, because he buys his fertilizer in bulk, when he bought the fertilizer a year ago, it cost him around $250 for a ton. Today, it cost him $1,000. We cannot keep going with prices like this. It is literally going to cripple our economy, our food producers, and everything else. And I hate to say this, but if you think this government is not trying to tear down our republic, you have blinders on. And this is not just one-sided issue. This is both sides. If you think that the government does anything that is not greedy and self-satisfying, you're mistaken. The government would stab you in the back and then turn around and try to sell you bleed stop or something like that. That's just how it is. And I'm not saying this because I'm trying to get you to not like the government. I'm trying to tell you this because I feel like it's the truth. 
I feel like the more I hear this guy and the more I see that I can pinpoint what he's saying and how it has changed, I feel like there is a design out there. And that design is set to destroy the very country that I love. Come back in the second half, because if I didn't blow your mind, I'm going to create a Mount Vesuvius. Didn't see you there. I was busy eating this delicious meal from preparewithmojo50.com. You look hungry. Do you want some? Of course you do. Get your own. You can go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. You can't have mine. It's original. It's bold. It's patriotic. It's American. It's American pride. It's American Pride Roasters Coffee. Historically, great coffee. AmericanPrideRoasters.com Here's important new information from the Diabetes Solution Center for you, a family member, or a loved one suffering with diabetes. If you have lost your provider or if you need a provider for diabetic supplies, you may qualify to receive your diabetic testing supplies now with little or no out-of-pocket cost, regardless of your age. All you need is Medicare or private insurance to be potentially eligible. Call the Diabetes Solution Center right now for details. Just takes a couple of minutes. Our friendly, knowledgeable agents will give you free, no-obligation information, handle all the insurance paperwork, and make sure your supplies are delivered directly to your door for free. Call U.S. Medical Supply 24 hours a day. 800-597-9323. Call right now. 800-597-9323. Supply line interruptions are definitely here to stay especially given the incredible talent we have working at the U.S. Transportation Department. However, you don't need to fear these interruptions. You can be prepared. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. the second half of damn it with me fever i'm gonna ask you to go to mojo50.com and go and click on that shop button there are some amazing new shirts you can get the doc thompson pillows you can different accessories the spend a little save a lot home improvement book and of course the kbmd cbd oil it worked for me when i had those massive back spasms and it could work for you don't forget to use the promo code MOJO50 to save $15 a bottle. And if you want multiple bottles, you are going to need to order separate checkouts, do separate checkouts to get that discount. Now, they do have a really good shirt that actually kind of ties into this episode. Make Orwell fiction again, because I feel like... <laughs> 
1984 is definitely their little script that they're running here. But we were talking about when we went to break inflation. And uh, well, we're going to stick with money. And we're going to start with credit. Money was would become predominantly credit. It was already already money is primarily a credit thing, but uh, exchange of uh, money would be not cash or or palpable things, but uh, electronic credit signals. People would carry money only in very small amounts for things like chewing gum and candy bars, just pocket sorts of things. Any purchase of uh, any significant amount would be done electronically. So I had to look this up because I had no idea when the first credit card hit the market, but it did in 1950. And it was only given to about 200 people and you were not allowed to carry a balance. You had to pay off the balance every month. No carryovers. But then credit cards became more widely used in the 80s. But once again, we see that this is evolving into reality. I mean, I will tell you, my mom and dad never had credit cards. If they could not afford it with cash, they didn't get it. Now, again, most people don't carry cash. In fact, I rarely ever have cash on me. My paycheck, like majority of Americans, I think it's like 94% of Americans, get a direct deposit into their bank accounts. And then I use my debit card for purchases. So everything is electronic. I never really have physical money. Now, my husband is one of the only people I know that actually gets a physical check and he needs to go to the bank and deposit it. But it's weird because direct deposit is another topic on this a tape from Dr. Dunnigan. Earnings would be electronically entered into your account. It, or there would be a single banking system. It may have the appearance of being more than one, but ultimately, basically, it would be one single banking system. So that when you got paid, your pay would be entered for you into your account balance. And then when you purchased anything uh, at the point of purchase, it would be deducted, be deducted from your account balance, and you would actually carry nothing with you. It's funny because I don't even remember hearing about direct deposit until I started working at a bank. And that was in 1992. But prior to that, I always had paper checks. And I was always so afraid of losing them. Like when I got them, I had to go and deposit them immediately. And uh, I didn't have a Mac card at the time. Everything was you had to get to the bank during their hours. It's so weird how things have evolved and the more I sit and think about these and what was it like years ago and what is it like today, we have a lot of convenience things today. But my first job where I got direct deposit was at a bank in 1992 and that was it. I mean, I never had a job after that that offered physical checks. Everything was direct deposit. I lie. The haunted house I work at as a a seasonal job was checks. Those we did get physical checks. But other than that, I haven't gotten a physical check for payment in years. I mean, since 1992. <laughs> it's crazy to think about. But it's something that you also have to think about. You don't have physical money. So what happens if somebody decides that they're just going to mess with you and put holds on your bank accounts? It's easy to control the populace when they can't access their money. Now, the next thing that they actually talked about again in 1969 was something I have not even heard about until 
a few years ago, and I thought it was crazy, but they were talking about this in 1969. Pointing out the advantage of having all of this combined into a single credit card serving a single monetary system, and then you don't have to carry around all that plastic. So the next step would be the single card, and then the next step would be to replace the single card with a skin implant. Single card could uh, be lost or stolen, give rise to problems, could be exchanged with somebody else to confuse identity. The skin implant, on the other hand, would be uh, not losable or counterfeitable or transferable to another person. So you and your accounts would be identified without uh, any possibility of error. And the skin implant, of course, would have to be put somewhere that was convenient to the scanner. For example, your right hand or your forehead. Think about this, your right hand or your forehead. And I remember, this just popped in my head and not part of my notes, but I remember reading something about Revelations and the Mark of the Beast was something that would be on your hand or your forehead. Just something that popped in my head. No, no, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. But I only remember thinking or hearing about this within the last maybe five years. And I know, I'm pretty sure on the Daily Mojo, they've talked about it because I believe the producer, Ron Phillips, had mentioned that this is something that he would probably get because it would just be easy to swipe your hands and be done with it. And you're all your identity, all your information is on that. But if somebody told you this back in 1969, you would have been like, what? Right. But here it is. Now, the furthest back that I could find an article about an RFID chip, which you can place under your skin, is from CNET in 2003. And I'm thinking, wow, that really went back that far because I only remember hearing about this a couple years ago. And I even think five years might be too many years. But this is from 1969. Again, something that's being predicted that actually is becoming a reality. And I don't even think that it's even on the market for everybody to use in 2022. I think it's still like a beta test. Certain companies might be using it for their employees, but I don't think that this is a national thing yet. And I'm wondering how many people sat at tables, these doctors, well-educated men, listening to Dr. Day in 1969 saying, this guy is a loon. But it is happening today. They're literally using this. I know there's a company that's using it uh, for their employees as their badge. And then if they go to the cafeteria, they can swipe their hand and it has like their debit card or credit card information and it charges. It's just so weird, right? All right. So while we're doing the whole shopping thing, let's go to ports. Let's go to ports. Let's just, let's just jump to the port. We take control first of the port cities, New York, San Francisco, Seattle. The idea being that uh, this is a piece of strategy. The idea being that if you control the port cities with your philosophy and your way of life, the heartland in between has to yield. The heartland has to yield. Really? I would rather live in the heartland than any of these port cities. One, these port cities, New York, San Francisco, Seattle, the ones that he specified are hugely liberal areas. They have done down these cities and they're unsafe. They are allowed to do pretty much anything they want. California has a minimum theft of $950 before a prosecution. That means that you can walk into any store and steal something. And as long as you get out there under $950, you just got a bunch of free stuff. 
you get $950 worth of stuff. You get $950 worth of stuff. Everybody can have $950 worth of stuff and not even face prosecution. New York. Oh, New York. Now, these are stats that were posted from June 13th to June 19th. This is that recent. There were four murders, 27 reported rapes, 328 robberies, 548 felony assaults. I mean, the list just goes on. And let's look at Seattle. Seattle has a crime rate of 52 per 1,000 residents. Seattle has one of the highest crime rates in America compared to all communities of the same size. I mean, hell, Seattle even bent over backwards for the autonomous zone in 2021 and allowed rioters to take over the police station. And I think the heartland should cave to these cities. I would rather sit with the good old boys in the back of a pickup, drinking a beer, watching the sunset over a cornfield than visit any of these cities. I would rather sit on that pickup truck with someone who some people think are ill-educated, but I think they're the smartest people in the world and have amazing conversations with these people because they know the value of a lot of things. They are hardworking Americans and they are my people. And while we're talking about ports and imports and some good hardworking Americans in the heartland, let's go to food. Food supply would come under tight control. If population growth didn't slow down, food shortages could be created in a hurry and people would realize the dangers of overpopulation. Ultimately, uh, whether the population slows down or not, though, the food supply is to be brought under centralized control so that people would have enough to be well-nourished, but they would not have enough to support any fugitive from the new system. Food shortages will be created. Let me repeat that. Food shortages will be created. Created. Now think about what is happening right now. In the last several months, there have been about 18 food processing plants that have burned down. 10,000 cows died from the heat. Control the food, control the people. Remember that. And uh, for what we're talking about food, I don't know, gardening? Where does gardening get a bad rap? Uh, and growing one's own food would be outlawed. This would be uh, done under some sort of pretext. In the beginning, I mentioned there were two purposes for everything. One, the ostensible purpose, and two, the real purpose. An ostensible purpose here would be that uh, growing your own vegetables was unsafe, it would spread disease or something like that. So the acceptable idea was uh, to protect the uh, consumer, but the real idea is to limit the food supply and food, growing your own food would be illegal. And if you persist in illegal activities like growing food, then you're a criminal. A criminal. You could be deemed a criminal for growing your own food to feed your family and sustain their life. Is this really where our country and the world is going? Seriously. I still hear this and my brain wants to explode. Now I've listened to these tapes like five times between initially listening to it, taking notes, editing, recording, and this still makes my blood boil. I just can't. 
you can't do something on your own. Listen, this is America. If I want to grow a garden and grow my own vegetables, I'm going to damn well do it. I know that I'm going to be one of the dissidents if this whole thing actually plays out the way they're saying. And I'm probably going to be one of the people that they have to shoot off, but we're not going to jump ahead to that yet. No, no, no. We're not going to jump ahead to that. And there's something else because when we're doing food and growing our gardens, what is the one thing we need? We need water, sunshine, good weather. Well, that also comes into play. There was a mention then of weather, W-A-T-H-E-R. This was another uh, really striking statement. He said, we can or soon will be able to control the weather. He said, I'm not merely referring to dropping iodide crystals into clouds to precipitate rain, rain that's already there, but real control. Weather was seen as a weapon of war, a weapon of uh, influencing public policy. You could make rain or withhold rain in order to uh, influence certain areas and bring them under your control. They can control the weather? Now, I want to say that this is not true. I want to say that, you know, the weather happens and the weather happens and that's how it is. But when I look at, you know, food processing facilities burning down and I don't know, maybe they can increase the heat and kill 10,000 cows or create a drought over years and drain a lake. If this is true, then you won't be able to grow your own food because either it's going to be too hot or it's going to be too rainy or they're going to do something. Now, the reason that I wanted to mention the fact that I was at a farm tonight is they're having a really hard time this year. And it's surprising to me and it could just be a fluke. But with all of this other stuff going on, he was telling me that he has almost no cherries because there was a frost and it killed his cherry trees. Uh, he has almost no, no apricots. He has very limited peaches because, again, the frost killed stuff. Uh, there's something wrong. His strawberries aren't growing. I mean, they are literally like the, you know, like the wild strawberries that you get. They're so sparse and they're so teeny tiny. I couldn't even pick strawberries to make strawberry pie filling and make strawberry jelly. I'm going to have to try to find another place to get them. But the thing that I found interesting is that he told me that he was talking to some other farmers while he was out getting supplies like fertilizer and gas, and they're having the same issue. They're, they're, a lot of them got hit by frost and they have limited crops and stuff this year. And I'm like, hearing this about controlling the weather if they can kill the food supply, they can control you. Remember, control the food, control the people. What if, you know, you had to hunt for your own food? What if you couldn't just go and get your own food? Well, there is something else big uh, element in these plans and uh, I don't remember the details much but the idea is that gun ownership is a privilege and not everybody should have guns and hunting was an inadequate excuse for owning guns and uh, everybody should be uh, restricted in gun ownership. The few privileged people who should be allowed to hunt could maybe rent or borrow a gun from official quarters rather than own their own. After all, everybody doesn't have a have a need for a gun was the way it was put. You don't have a need for a gun. 
crime is skyrocketing. You may need to hunt for your own food, which by the way, hunt food that people hunt, you know, deer, turkey, rabbit, whatever they're hunting is the most organic food. It's not touched by food processing plants, but I digress. And let's not forget that if you disarm the populace, you become defenseless when the government tries to pull the rug out from underneath you. Our founding fathers knew that guns were necessary for freedom. That is why the Second Amendment exists. But we have spineless people like my senator, Pat Toomey, who signed the red flag law. And I'm sure that nobody is going to use that red flag law nefariously against another person. You cannot legislate morals. You have to raise each generation with them. You know, all of this talk about food, whether you're gardening or you're hunting, if you really don't want to have to do that and you still want to prepare for, I don't know, a new world order, maybe you need to go to my uh, preparewithmojo50.com and get your freeze-dried pre-packaged food, which comes to you in waterproof containers that you can carry and is good for 25 years. You can get this, hide it somewhere, and you will have extra food to feed the dissidents if you want to help them out. And while you're there at my, on uh, preparewithmojo50.com, don't forget my Patriot Supply has a lot of other items that you might need. Don't forget water is something that everybody is going to need to survive, whether you are trying to raise a garden or just keep yourself hydrated. You can get those straws that will filter 300 gallons of water. Those straws, I have a couple of those, and that is way easier to carry this teeny tiny little straw than to have to carry 300 gallons of water. So go to preparewithmojo50.com, get your 30 or 90 day food supply, but check out the other things too, because you just don't know what you're going to need and you might want to get it. Get what you need. It's always good to have it. If you get it and you might not need it right away, Use it on a hunting or a fishing trip or a camping trip or something, but always be prepared. It's the Boy Scout motto. Now, you know, we talked about guns and most people associate guns with war. And unfortunately, war is one of the topics that Dr. Dunnigan does talk about. There are some good things about war you're going to die anyway and people sometimes uh, in war uh, get a chance to display great courage and heroism and uh, if they die they've died well and if they survive they get recognition so that in any case the hardships of war on the soldiers are worth it because that's the reward they get out of their warring. Another justification for war uh, expressed was if you think of the many millions of casualties in uh, World War One and World War Two, well, suppose all those people had not died but continued to live and continued to have babies. Uh, there would be millions upon millions, uh, and we would already be overpopulated. So those two great wars served a uh, benign purpose in delaying overpopulation. But now there are technological means uh, for the individual and governments to control overpopulation. So uh, in this regard, war is obsolete. It's no longer needed. It's obsolete and no longer needed. But don't forget about all the people who bravely served in wars and lost their lives, lost their legs, lost their minds. 
seriously, these controllers are obsessed with world population. I am pretty sure that these are the people that were behind the Georgia Guidestones. And, you know, it was a warning to us, but yeah, people use it as a tourist attraction. I mean, I was there. I mean, I just, this whole thing is, I, I want to believe that it's not true, but I feel like I keep seeing that it is. And we're going to go to, uh, I want to get to, because I realize I'm getting down the time. I'm going to have to skip over some stuff here that I was going to play for you. But don't forget, you can go on and you can listen to all of this. Now, how does this happen? How is this going to go to effect? Well, we're just too busy. During the process of getting the United States ready for these changes, um, he commented everybody would be busier with less leisure time and less opportunity for people to really look about and see what was going on around them. Yeah, we are too busy because we're too busy trying to live our lives and be moms and dads and take Johnny to sports and Susie to the play and have a family vacation and just relax. Yeah, you're right. We are going to not see this. I mean, whatever. I mean, I don't always pay attention to everything, but uh, let's get on to the next piece. On a weekend in the winter, everything would shut down on Friday evening and uh, Monday morning when everybody wakened, there would be an announcement made that the uh, new system was in place. Right. Because when we get off of work on a Friday, we're not paying attention. That's why the media dumps a lot of stuff that's really important on a Friday because nobody's paying attention. When we get off of work on a Friday, we want to just have drinks with friends, dinner with family, sit around a campfire, allow the stress from the week to melt away, and just make some memories with our loved ones. And if you think that you're going to fight back against these people, well think again. When the new system takes over, uh, people will be expected to sign uh, allegiance to it, indicating they don't have any reservations or holding back to the old system. There just won't be any room, he said, for people who won't go along. We can't have such people cluttering up the place, so such people would be taken to special places. And here I don't remember the exact words, but inference I drew was that at these special places where they were taken, uh, then they would uh, not live very long. He may have said something like disposed of humanely, but I don't remember very. Yeah, disposed of humanely. Uh, hello, Hitler. What? Are you going to be taken to a gas chamber and just fall asleep? Well, guess what? I will die standing before I will live on my knees. Molan Lab. I just, this makes me so insane. And I just hope that we can stop this. If this is actually happening, and I feel like there's so much evidence that says it is, I still want to believe in the goodness of people. And I have one message from Dr. Dunnigan. I think there's uh, no denying that this is controlled and there is indeed a conspiracy. The question then becomes what to do, and I think uh, first off we must put our faith in God and pray and ask for his guidance, and secondly I think do what we can to inform other individuals uh, as much as possible. So that's what I'm doing. I am playing some of the key parts for you. There are some things that I wanted to cut touch on that I didn't get to even touch on because I don't want to go into a third episode. 
Uh, I'm going to leave it to you to do your research. I am going to leave it to you to look into things. Um, but he talked about bridges and roads being made shoddy so they collapse. He talked about uh, cars being made cheap so that people uh, didn't want them and they would take imports so that other countries could get built up. He talked about them falsifying scientific data. And I think all of us know where that's going from the previous two years. But I want to know how this ends. And I think we need to beg God to guide us, forgive us, and unite us. We will need to stand firm in our beliefs and our values and our morals because the new world order doesn't have any. We will need the power of God to fight against the evil that exists and to give us the strength and courage to do the right things. Yes, I know that this was a lot of information to take in, and I am not doing this to scare you. I am doing this to inform you. And if you think that this message was something that you want to learn more about, I am going to send the links out on social media at Damn It Beaver on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, MeWe is just Damn It With Beaver. And if you want to go to linktr.ee slash Damn It Beaver, that's going to give you all the links where you can listen to anything that you miss. I'll even post this up there. And, you know, spread the word. Maybe if we tell enough people about this, maybe they'll stop. I, I mean, I don't even know if this is 100% true. But I think if there's information out there that shows the decline of our society and we can kind of pinpoint where things are changing and happening and all of this stuff is there, why not have these hard conversations? I don't know that I'm 100% convinced that he wasn't a lunatic and I'm just kind of finding information that kind of goes along with it. But it's it's there. I mean, I don't know what else to say. And I promise next week that we are going to have lighter topics. I, I promise you, we will have some good wholesome things because I still believe that the world is inherently good. I really do. And don't forget to go to jnhdesigns.shop and get your damn it with beaver gear. There are some t-shirts and mugs on there. I'm looking working on some other stuff. Uh, just some extra cute t-shirts that we're going to design and put up there that maybe are not damn it with beaver gear, but maybe you will like. And I just hope that you have a very blessed and wonderful week. I hope your <laughs> brain did not go into a Vesuvius mode and explode because I want you to come back and join me next week. And I want you to have a good week. And don't let this stuff stress you because I have a feeling that uh, good will prevail because God doesn't lose. And as you enter the week, don't let the world get you down. You just say, damn it. And you move on. Beaver out. is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five-O.